<laughs> oh my gosh, Andrew. So you of all people, I would think would have a nickname or someone would give you a nickname somewhere in time, but you're telling really, me no. No, I really don't. I don't, I, I kind of want to say I don't believe you, but you know, it's okay. But you're a glass blower, huh? Well, fused. I don't, I, I, I don't have a glass blowing studio in the house. I do, I do fused and other work. See, there's like little th bits and pieces about you that like is absolutely fascinating. And you know what? I think we're on that note. We're ready to kick off. The mic is listening. Are you ready for this? Um, ready. <laughs> well, hey, <laughs> that's okay. It's been ready because you know what? The mic has been listening. So let's kick off. The mic is listening show. Uh. The mic is listening. 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 And good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It is the Mike is Listening show every Wednesday, live streaming at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time because the world evolves around Central Standard Time in my book. So welcome. <laughs> Today, we've got a wonderful guest, someone that uh, I've gotten to know over the pandemic. And there's something about building relationships with people you've never met, but yet you feel like you've bonded with from the first conversation. So you may not feel that same way, but I would like to welcome Mr. Andrew Deutsch. Andrew, the Fangled Cast podcast host extraordinaire. Welcome to the Mike is listening. Thanks for having me on. But your your name isn't Mike. Who's where's Mike? <laughs> oh my God! This is that's that's how we're gonna kick this off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think we just did. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing more fun than like really awesome bad puns to kick off an awkward live stream and all that good stuff. Hey, hey! Don't insult me. Mike is listening. <laughs> so Andrew you know it's funny when the very first time I met you it was through Frank Agan's networking group and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I've decided today is gonna be a name dropping day because um there are some folks when you meet in a networking context where you just feel like you want to help out or you just want to promote or you just feel like you know what these peeps are like my tribe that we're actually going to help each other grow did mm -hmm. you feel that way uh when you joined up with Frank's crew Oh yeah, that's always sort of the mode that 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 I've been in, and and his his group is his group is great. It's really a good group of people. I've been in some with just I, I don't know why people are are even members of the group, where it's it's really I'm just here to pitch my stuff and I hope you do business with me and I really don't care what you have to say kind of stuff. Um, whereas Frank's group is really a great a great bunch of people that are interested in both sides of the coin. Yeah, no, it actually threw me off for a little bit because I'm so used to asking people, okay, so, you know, how can we work together? And then they go straight into about themselves and not once will they ever reciprocate with a question of, hey, what do you do? Yeah. You know? It's, yeah, I, I was I was in a group and, and someone had said, you got to go to this thing because it'll blow your mind that these people are something. And it, I was in a group with, and you, get, you break up into the little breakup groups. And the first person pitched seven MLMs that she's involved with seven <laughs> multi-level marketing scams trying to see which one of the seven that was her premise these are the seven that i'm making millions with which one of those is going to interest you because if you're in this group you're going to sign up for one and i i literally just clicked and gone done <laughs> i didn't even wow. have response 
Wow. Well, you know, okay, look, so I'm kind of, I'm actually new to this whole entrepreneurial world, quite frankly. I left mm -hmm. uh, my corporate life in 2017, traveled for a year and a half, realized I have champagne tastes on zero budget. So I had to go figure out what my next life career was. And uh, so, you know, my business partner, Aaron, and I launched Innovation Media Enterprises, which produces this wonderful show. Uh, we're podcast producers and strategists. Mm -hmm. And it, it fascinates me as when you cross over from corporate world to entrepreneurship, the value of networking as it really is, it, it's so the definition is different and, and the and the value you get from those types of relationships is different. And I have to say, I didn't realize how much of an art it really is. So Sage all nice for joining us. Thank you. But that art, it's not just simply glad handing business cards anymore. And heaven knows with this pandemic, sure. are we really gonna be handing out business cards with each other anymore? Yeah. Um you know, networking existed long before the internet ever, ever happened. And the same kind of weird behavior that we used to see in networking happening in rooms happens in, in the digital space. Because I remember going to networking meetings and there's always that one guy who's, I don't know, financial services, insurance, whatever, who just oh. basically spends the entire time passing out business cards around the room, you know, like, like trying to kill mosquitoes with a shotgun. I mean, and, and by the end of the day, when you go to leave the room, there's about 50 business cards on the floor near the trash can because people are so disgusted they don't even make it into the can. And that's right. not what it's about. So no. it, it's the same thing happening in the Zoom room where, you know, somebody in the chat call me to sign up for, you know, and, and pitch in their stuff. Whereas it's really about developing a relationship with people. Exactly. And it, it, it's it is so much more meaningful now because of the pandemic. We're looking for more than just the pretty faces, you know. I, yeah. I mean, look, Andrew, you caught me with your handsome, charming ways. But really, it wasn't until we actually sat down and had a conversation with each other that I realized very quickly, you know, you know, you're more than just a pretty face, right? Oh, oh, geez. <laughs> Thank you. I think. Oh, oh, stop it. Well, you know what's so funny? Like, I just realized, though, too, like, because we do have to be so conscious of the words that we use and what we choose. Yeah. People like me, like, I'm very fearful. I'm going to get, <laughs> I'm going to get some massive complaint because I think before or I speak before I think uh, more often than not. But uh, so everyone that's listening, you're all handsome and beautiful as well, inside and outside. <laughs> just full disclosure, just in case I get some proper feedback. <laughs> yeah, to be clear, I've never once said something that caused me to have to put my foot in my mouth more than a thousand times a week. Oh, uh, well, look. <laughs> It's it's quite frankly, it's your wonderful skills and your graphic skills that do that I think cracks me up. Like, <laughs> you know, you know, at some point I'm gonna ask you to sneeze uh, you know, uh just for, for fun, but it's probably not the most appropriate thing. But anyway, okay, so Fangle Cast Podcast. Let us talk some shop real quick because I guess that's what the purpose of this show is all about. Okay. I mean I so enjoy uh, listening to podcasts in general because I feel like I'm getting a masterclass without having to pay that mm. exorbitant price point, which by the way, masterclass product, it's actually quite brilliant concept. Um, but help me understand, why did you launch uh, Fangledcast? It, it, initially, the idea of it was really because the opportunity for folks to get to know us before they get to know us. And, and I joke about it, but I'm not really joking. It, it allows people who would not want to do business with me to not bother me. And I know that sounds really sarcastic and dark, but you, in the process of, of engagement, you go through an entire conversation and, and digging deep and, and creating proposals and, and all of that. And, and many times 
at the end, it might be a perfect fit in terms of the work, but you're just not the right person for them. So mm -hmm. we, we joke that by, by creating the podcast, it eliminates all those people that wouldn't want to do business with us. But the reality is that we, the reason that we did it is it's a calling card for how Fangled, Fangled Tech, Fangled Group, our company, uh, interacts with the world. And it also shows um, our level of expertise, the kinds of things that we're interested in. And, and so that was, that was sort of part one. And then the second part of it was to really uh, explore topics that would matter to, to the world in business. Because we don't, we don't do the podcast based on, hey, you're an interesting person, will you come on? We do the podcast based on this is a topic that we really want to talk about. Let's talk about that by finding the best person that we can who has expertise to teach me and my audience about it. I so, like it. so, you know, it, otherwise it, it ends up being what we, what we call the ego cast. And I'm sure you've seen, you've listened to these podcasts that sound like, hi, I'm Bob. Uh, I'm the expert and yeah. nobody's smarter than me, except for maybe my guest today, Phil. Hey, Phil, tell us what a genius you are. And yep. there's just pounding and you get to hear empty platitudes and nobody learns anything. Yep. So, oh, gosh, it's that echo chamber, right? Yeah. So we, we try really hard to, to do that. So, for, for example, there's an episode um, which isn't profiled in the ones that I gave you the clips, but a gentleman who I've known for 30 something years who's an expert in the evaluation and the understanding of how curiosity affects the workforce. If, you're in t if, if you can measure the levels of curiosity, coach to increase that level and look at the output, it changes the productivity of a company. So I had to have him on to talk about that because it's such an interesting subject. So it's, that it's, is. That's, that's, that's the reason he was on the show is because I was curious about how curiosity affects the workforce. The workforce. And he's an expert. So uh, it, was a, it was a great conversation. And I left smarter. I love that. I mean, again, I, now, now I too am curious. I think having curiosity is what we lack so much as adults, right? When mm -hmm. we were children, we had the ability to go outside and play, right? And we created our own universe and we yeah. got to, you know, be, you know, I don't know, cops and burglars one day. And then maybe we were, you know, dragons and princesses the other day. And it's, mm -hmm. I, I think you're right. The fact that as we become more adults and we become more focused in our priorities in life, and then quite frankly, the tasks that we are, to, you know, being paid to do, you kind of forget and lose that moment of curiosity because you don't have mm -hmm. that freedom of free thought anymore. It yeah. seems like, yeah, yeah, I, I'm I'm digging it. Yeah, but it's, so, those are the kinds of topics, you know. I and, and it's funny in the business world because everybody's got their 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 guard up and their ego going. So many people won't admit that when they hear a term that they don't know what it means. So yeah. for example, you'll hear people talking about private equity all the time. <laughs> well, well, most people don't understand what private equity is, how it works, how they think, and how it affects the business world. So we had a, a, a gentleman on who's an expert and, and he talked about that. I mean, we, Joe, the other day I was talking to, to, to a, a potential client who is the CEO of a company that's, I think they're, they're about an $80 million company. And he was asking me if I knew what it was over in Finland that, that makes the technology so popular that everybody's talking about it. And I said, I'm, I'm not aware. Of, well, he says, well, you're the international guy. You should know. And I said, but I, I, what specific technology are you talking about? Is everybody's talking about FinTech. <laughs> and this is, this is a guy. Are you kidding? No, oh, no, no. He's a senior, a senior executive who's, who's, yeah. who does beautiful. He didn't know what FinTech was. That's crazy. So, 
but so many times there's there's these topics that people, you know, I, I, I sat in a job interview years ago and one of the guys asked me about SEO and the other fellow in the interview didn't know what he was asking me, but pretended he did. So, yeah. so he wanted to follow up and his follow up had nothing to do with what we were talking about. So yeah. with, with the podcast, when there's, there's those terms and, and things that come up that it, it's an opportunity for people to learn it and, and then not be embarrassed the next time around when they don't know the answer. You know, it's funny. I, I absolutely agree with that. When I was in tech sales, uh, there's an assumption, right? That, oh, you're selling technology, therefore you must know it. It's like, look, mm -hmm. people, if I can solve your technical issue, you've got bigger problems in your environment, right? Uh, <laughs> I, I know enough to be dangerous as in I can speak the vernacular enough to at least yeah. have a cohesive conversation, mm -hmm. but you put me in front of like a, a, a networking switch, I will yeah. plug things in and out and turn it on and off. That's about the extent of my skills, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I, I love the way you're putting this because and the way Fangle cast to me, and I've, I've been watching you and stalking you because, you know, that's what I do. It's fun. Mm -hmm. I like the fact that you, you have such a broad swath of content as far as the topics aren't the same. It is, mm -hmm. like you say, the su subject matter experts in particular areas. Uh, and sometimes if it's niche, it's okay. It's But if it's something mm -hmm. where you're just interested in learning more about, that's okay as well. You had a guest on, and um, I'd like to uh, go ahead and play this one. And it was talking about niching down and mm -hmm. showing that value that you provide for your clients. And so I'm going to go ahead and play this for just a quick second here. And sure. I'm going to quiz you, young man. Okay, and, I've got uh, my quiz hat on. I know. I know. Okay. Talk to me about what exactly was going on behind this, because I always love these types of conversation, but there's gotta be some level of inspiration behind it. So here we go. At the core of Fangled, we always say we, we help people convert every touch into voracious advocates for their brand. That's our, that's our pitch. Every time we, we give a talk, that's part of it. But what's, what's interesting about this differentiation model. And I think this is somewhere where you and I are completely aligned is differentiating from your competitors matters yes but differentiating in a way that takes in account what matters to yeah, your meaningful to your, relevant, meaningful yeah. to your customer and puts you apart from any other solution that's out there to the same problem that you're solving yeah it's really you know the smaller that you go the less competitors that you have but the trick is not to find the smallest problem. <laughs> the trick is to find a problem that nobody else is addressing that mm -hmm. is a demand. So if you think about the Swiffer, we always call it the Swiffer. Like, have you found the Swiffer in your industry? Is they did like they did research and, and women were saying, we work hard all day and we want something convenient, easy, quick, and cheap to be able to clean. So yeah. that's why they had these disposable cleaning. And it was it launched this huge industry of disposable Absolutely. cleaning products. I don't even know if you remember that oh. as a market. So that is so funny that, that she brought up uh, the Swiffer analogy, which I thought I didn't even think about it, right? Yeah. Um, as a business professional and as a, let's just be honest, not the most domesticated <laughs> individual. Uh, yeah. There's I, a difference I, between being domestic and domesticated. That's a whole, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, in my context, it's, it applies. <laughs> Either <Yeah>. way. 
<laughs> so I mean, but I, I I find that very interesting because you're, I it, it is a very point uh, very important point to make, right? Is it, it we all want to be different. We all have to mm-hmm. share our specific value um, to our client and answering a particular business need. But it was a very interesting that to point out that it's got to be. Um, I mean, if you're going to answer a very niche problem, yeah. understand that understand the parameters that you're going to go after, right? Like yeah. The equivalent of like a market cap, right? Like <laughs> yeah. you're going to put a $5 million investment into something that's a 2 million market cap. Is it really the best investment? Yeah. Right. Well, for, first of all, Chala, who who was in the interview, is absolutely brilliant. If if you know somebody who needs help putting their their pitch together, mm-hmm. I, I know very few as good as, as she is. She's, she's brilliant. But the, the concept there that we were talking about is a major problem that we see with so many so many clients is that they're they're out there pitching things that they're very proud of about their business but it doesn't matter to to the audience so like like for example um you know maybe a car company has some sort of additive in the rubber in their tires that makes their car better than everybody else but the guy who's buying the car what he cares about is is comfort and uh and and safety and and that that additive doesn't mean anything. So you're out there promoting something that you so you know, and it, and 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 it doesn't solve that person's problem. So is it really the right thing to be promoting? So that that's really what that was about. Is you know how how do you first of all understand your customer well enough to know what their problems are, and then how you can differentiate and expand about the parts that are different about you, that not only meet that need but do it better than any other alternative out there. So it just reminds me of one of the shows that we produce, um, and the guest was actually on it last week, John Davidson. So shout out to DLC Drop Podcast on the Esports Future I Podcast Network, because, you know, that's what I do. Um, mm-hmm. Promote, promote. Uh, but he had a guest on, and I forgot the name of the guest, so forgive me. But I... It the fact is uh, they're talking about esports industry, right? And they're talking about non-endemic brands trying to get into the esports industry and community in a way that makes sense and is authentic. And what you just said just reminded me with you know the car, for example. Lexus did an amazing job integrating themselves into the esports community, which you wouldn't necessarily think a luxury car brand mm-hmm. trying to target market what is mm, popularly, I guess considered a bunch of you know basement dwellers playing video games all day long you know in their parents you know property Mm -hmm. right and but they were able to ingratiate themselves in a way that it made sense and the community embraces it and they were like hey wait you want to market to us but you're marketing us with the right I guess words if it will the positioning Mm -hmm. was correct and, and it made sense right and it wasn't pandering Right. And it wasn't just simply, I just want to throw X amount of dollars at you because this is a new burgeoning $2.2 billion industry. And that's yeah. where I think we, as, uh, you know, consultants, uh, as well as for our clients, need to understand, you know, where that makes sense um, sure. to collaborate. So, gosh, I, I you know, so let's, 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 let's switch paces a little bit here because I want to share this particular one. Um, and, you know, I had my notes on here and you would think I'd be organized. Let me go ahead and just play it and then, uh, Give me some insider scoop on this, Andrew. Okay. Or maybe I should take off the banner off first because, you know, it's funny. If you ever, like, do, like, you're a pro at this. I need to take some lessons on how do you, like, you know, make all these wonderful, like, changes and make it more smooth. Smooth. <laughs> Employees to 
do things that are outside their comfort zone for the purpose of learning. Like for example, I've, and I've, I've done this probably shouldn't have, but I've taken a sales team out for lunch and, and said to the salespeople, you can't order from the menu. You have to ask the waiter to choose something for you. Unless, unless you have a dietary restriction, just so that something that they would never have tried mm-hmm. comes on their plate. Are, are, are those things uh, legal in, in, and ethical to do in the workplace or in today's, in today's environment, are you looking for trouble? No, I think it just depends on who you're dealing with, right? There's no one answer to that question. If you've got a, a group of people that you're very comfortable with and they trust you, there's psychological safety there to say, I appreciate that suggestion, Andrew, but not today. I'm going to order what I want to do. If, if there's that comfort level there, there's that trust there, mm-hmm. sure. But I, I think it's very important that we meet people where they are in this journey and mm-hmm. A lot of what I'm seeing is people trying to hammer things down each other's throats to say, yeah. I want you to go from, I could barely tolerate you to now let's give each other hugs and kisses and pretend like we love each other every day. Well, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's about. Okay. Can I just tell you something? I sure. have done that before with, uh, in my, like I said, in my, in my past corporate life, there have been some colleagues where I just want to drop kick. I'm not going to lie to you. And then the next day we have to like smile and nod and continue our job together. Like Sage, I'll thanks for coming by the way. And she's been watching us in the oh, is she on the comments. Yeah, she's on here. Um, another another dynamite guest. She's fantastic. One of the people in my top ten of people I've met during the the COVID period. Um, hi, I really she does great. She does great work with with her clients. I can tell. Wait, you guys don't know each other. Oh, I thought you guys knew each other. Like the, your conversation was so fluid. It was so fun to listen to. So yeah, we, how did you? I, I saw her Ted talk and, and was fascinated by it because of, and and I don't, if you get a chance to see it, go out and and see her Ted talk. I don't want to, I don't want to steal the thunder. And I reached out to her and said, you'd be a perfect guest because I've been talking about, about bias. um, And I'm looking for a guest to talk about it in a way that, that, that doesn't go to the, that whole sort of, sort of fake wokeness stuff. But really, how it how it applies in, in the business world, and how can companies deal with with difference in an adult way that really matters to to the organization before they get themselves in trouble? Right. Uh, and she was she was she's brilliant. She really, I mean, uh, accomplished attorney and, and and really does great work. So I, I had to have her on the show. No, um, I love it. I yeah, mean, she's really good. And it is, and I think you know. In this day and age with uh, social media culture that we are in, businesses do need to have some kind of organizations, whatever you want to call it, some kind of corporate culture personality, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, my, my whole career has been successful based on me loving to live outside my comfort level. I mean, I, I've, I used to travel 45 different countries a year, um, places where I can't communicate. I, I, you know, I, I don't speak 100 languages. Um, and, and, you know, to, to be able to walk into a Chinese restaurant without being able to speak Chinese and, and point at the menu and whatever they bring me, I would eat, or, or I would use these cards where before that I'd leave the hotel on one side, I'd write in English, uh, chicken, not too spicy with vegetables, then have someone write the Mandarin on the back. You, you, you learn that, holy cow, if I'd, if I'd have gone in there and ordered what I know, I wouldn't have had that experience. Right. So when you get a team that you can start to, to gain comfort outside their comfort level in a way that doesn't get you sued because somehow you've, you've, you've crossed the line. line. (laughs) Um, 
you know, you 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 start to get people that you know, and, and I joke, you know, if, if every if every meal is a hamburger, that's all food is is hamburgers. Let's try something different, and 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 it gets them also thinking in other ways about how to solve problems and do things within within the organization. So um, that's really what that conversation was about. You know, you just get, you just inspired me, and I'm such a visual person that you know, if you're eating hamburgers every day, your mm -hmm. assumption is is food is going to be layered upon layered upon layer, eaten with your yeah. hand. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, once you introduce someone into the wonderful world of like, oh, I don't know, sushi. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it is still stacking, but it's totally different. Yeah. Parts and pieces, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. Oh. Ooh, I'm gonna have to come up. That's a really neat idea from a from like a uh, team analogy perspective, I yeah. guess. And working with uh, a collaborative. Yeah. Our new restaurant chain is we're going to open up a new restaurant chain together. We're just going to call it Feed Me. And when you get to the table. <laughs> You, the waiter comes over and you go feed me, and they bring you something. No one uh, will. <laughs> I I would like that. Yeah, well, with all these allergies everyone has, though. Yeah. Uh, forget yeah, about it. Feed me. My restrictions are. Just <laughs> <laughs> a scroll just drops down. <laughs> yeah. Announce it. My, my scroll. Trumpet. Yep. Oh my gosh, I want to do that one day just for giggles and see what happens. But do it in a restaurant that of a of a type of style of food that you've never eaten before. Like my wife and I, we went once to an Ethiopian restaurant and, and I, who knows what to order. So I said to the waiter, we've never eaten this before. Bring us what will make us excited to come back. Mm. And that's what we had for dinner. You know, what? I, I think chefs love that the most, right? Because sure. it's not just like, look, I'm Thai, family's from Thailand and don't get me wrong. And I love pot Thai, don't get me wrong, but there's more to there's more to Thai dishes than pot Thai. I'll yeah. tell you that much. You know, uh, it's like great. I'm glad you like street food. Okay, well, would you like to try other stuff? You know, the yeah, regions. Yeah. You and, know? And, and when I'm in Thailand, that's one of the places where I just say, uh, "What's the best green curry you have, or what's the best masman?" and, and bring me something. Mm. And mm. I'm probably not pronouncing that right, but. <laughs> hey, I understood what you're saying. And by the way, it's not to say that my accent's any better. So don't even worry about it. Okay. Like. Yeah, no. I remember when I went to Thailand, I was so excited. It was my very first time leaving the country. And mm -hmm. I'm there and I'm like, oh my, I'm home of my peeps. And I'm talking and they're like looking at me like, Yeah. You're trying, you're not from here, clearly. Yeah. No, my equivalent uh of the Thai accent is like saying uh in Spanish, Hablo Inglis. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's how good <laughs> my accent is. And thank you so much, Sage, all for uh, adding your TEDx talk. I was just going to ask for that later. So that's good. We oh, can good. add that to the show notes. So, okay. Now, there's other, another, I want to highlight more. So let's go ahead and get to this one and um, let's talk more. All right. Stoic, StoicNative.com uh, website. You talk about the moment that your, your dad encouraged you to become a business person. Can you tell me a little <laughs> bit about that? You know, and it's funny when you dramatize things, you look at one particular moment and you say, that's the moment. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think when I look back on it, it's, it's not really a moment, but, and that's why I have a really, um, a really close connection or at least an insight into community and what that means. Uh, and more importantly, as you mentioned, family, uh, you know, a lot of times we talk about business and things like that, but uh, a lot of the impacts and mentorship that I got was from my family, you know, and my family's very hardworking. Uh, my father was very much the same. And he always taught us that, or at least told us 
that he never really got the opportunity or the support to be able to do the things that he wanted to do. Uh, you know, he would always talk about his ideas that he wanted to happen in our community on the reservation. And he just couldn't, couldn't do it either from lack of funding, lack of support, lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and he just always taught us, you know, I, I never got to do these things and I would like for all of you to be able to do these things to not, not rely on other people to be able to make your income, uh, you know, and, and give yourself a little bit of freedom uh, to do what you want to do. And so him just always talking to us and teaching us is, is mostly that he's just, you know, you need mm -hmm. to go to school to learn uh, about what it takes to run a business and what it takes to do this and what it takes to do that. And, you know, my dad was a very talented guy in art as well. And he just never had an opportunity. Yeah, I that, love was, that was Palmer Gambler. And out of context, it may, it may have seemed odd to people who don't know what that one was about. It started with me being curious. How does a guy who grows up in a place with no entrepreneurial or very few entrepreneurial role models get that spark and create a successful business? Palmer grew up on the Navajo, the Diné Reservation. Uh, and I mean, in, in, in an area filled with abject poverty and otherwise, and through yeah. his creative skills, created his own fashion line that's been very successful um, and, and grown a business. And I, I, I had to understand for my own personal curiosity, how does someone that doesn't have those role models get the spark and be successful? Yeah. So that was that was what the conversation was about. He's a he's a great guy too. Yeah, no, I mean like that. Like so, I'm the Dallas uh, co-chair of the Global Leaders Organization, and it's all about entrepreneurship. And it's it's about the entrepreneurship stage, if you will, that's often overlooked uh, mm -hmm. for those, especially if they're looking for a capital investment, etc. And one of the biggest questions, issues uh, keeps arising is, you know, entrepreneurship for minorities or those that are, you know, you know, don't fit the majority description of entrepreneurship, if, if that makes sense. I'm trying to say it without not saying it, but, you know, women, minorities, I don't even think about Native Americans where you're culturally, you know, if you grew up on a reservation, you're probably not going to have access to a lot of uh, mm -hmm. business leaders, right? And I, I think that's, that was a great conversation. I thought, because you're right. Where do you get that from? Where did it come mm -hmm. from? And yeah. um, sometimes it's just fire in the belly. And other times it could just be that one minor, minor, small moment that you've interacted with someone and it just yeah. launches you off in a different trajectory. Yeah. And his brand is a stoic native and it, he, he's just done some really cool stuff. Some of it is for everybody. And some of it is for uh, tribal pride type type wear. So it's, it's a combination of, of things. It's really, I, I think he's got a great eye for design. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. hey, we're over time and we still have another clip to play. So I'm going to play it and I don't care because it's over time and oh, well, are you cool with that Andrew? Can we go a little longer? Yeah, we can go a little longer. All right. Let's just do this one because I really, I love AI and artificial intelligence. So I sure. just got to play it because my techie tech background. Okay. To what the heck is AI for people who think they know or say they know, but don't know. Yeah, so AI is like a really broad term. Um, I think a good way to think about it is it's artificial intelligence. You're trying to use a computer to mimic what 
uh, um, a human might be able to do. The cool thing about it is that in a lot of cases, AI can do things that humans can't do as well and, and vice versa. So humans can do things that AI can't do really well. There are obviously a bunch of different types of artificial intelligence out there. You know, there's, uh, you know, recommendation technology, which is core to what we do, which is figuring out what people are going to buy or, or making recommendations to customers. There's, um, there's natural language processing technology. So how do we understand, um, you know, human speech and there's image processing. There's all kinds of different sort of sub areas of AI, but really I think the way to think about it is that you're trying to sort of mimic a, a human, a human process and the basic sort of building blocks there are, you can think of it as just any kind of function. So you've got some input, some training data, you use, have a computer, take a look at that training data and figure out what's going on, what are the patterns, and then you apply that um, in some other area. So for example, if you want to train a computer to play chess, you show it a bunch of chess games, figures out how chess works, then you have it, you can have it play chess. Or if you want to make recommendations, you show it a bunch of transactions and you have it figure out what, what uh, things people might want to buy. So, okay. Just to plug artificial intelligence, it is not necessarily immediately equated to Skynet. Okay. <laughs> Cause I think a lot of people often temp typically think like that, right? Um, AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning and all that stuff has a lot to do with automation, right? And having the ability to, compile a bunch of raw data in a way that's cohesive for our brains to understand it and leverage it. And um, now how did you find them? Because this is again, vastly different from your other topics that you have covered and we've highlighted so far. Yeah, they're, they're actually, we're, we're, we've partnered a little bit on a project for an AI system that helps industrial distributors with multiple SKUs to create predictive models to help their sales team be more productive. It it uh, use it using the tech. Most most big industrial distributors have such a churn on salespeople, so they'll hire a hundred guys and ten stay. What mm, this mm -hmm. does, gets people up to speed faster. It helps the salesperson know what next uh, should be offered. It helps them sell all the thousand pages of the catalog instead of the ten they're comfortable with. Yeah. So we've we we we're working together on a project, and and I'm always fascinated with it. So I asked them to come on and. And, and talk about how, how they've been successful and what they do and what AI actually is, as opposed to robots taking over the world and Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> movies, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so don't be afraid of AI, everyone. But that being said, there is some, it's, it's just, someone had told me this, AI is basically as good or as evil as the programmer who coded it. And, and that's really ultimately it. It's 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 more about a living, breathing model that that that, that learns as it goes. So yeah, it, it it most salespeople only only understand the yeses. It learns from the noes and the yeses. So if a, if you're offering the same thing and you're getting you're getting a response, it adapts with each each solution to come up with a better a better way of doing things. Love it. So on that note. If you are looking for looking at different ways to do better things, uh, marketing, obviously, um, how else can we get a hold of you, Andrew? You're amazing, and I love you. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, how can people get a hold of you as well as uh, Fangle Tech? You need my fax number? Is that? <laughs> You're not that much older than me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. 
you'll you'll recognize a guy with my name and my face. Uh, if you wanna if you wanna follow or or, or connect with me there, our company, as you can see, fangledtech.com. You can check out our website, and of course, go on YouTube and and do a search for Fangledcast, and you can check out the actual full length episodes and many more from the Fangledcast. Awesome. You know, I really appreciate you and I appreciate all the time and effort you uh, had to join me today. And I know we ran a little bit long, so I really appreciate you. So thank you. thank you so much, Andrew. It was such a pleasure. It's always great to see you. No, you're you're the rock star. You're the rock star. Oh, no, you're the rock star. You're the rock star. All right. Yeah. So on that note, guys, I am Sia Yasso Tornra, and I am the producer of the Esports Future Eye Podcast Network in partnership uh, with Map Esports, Esports Future Eye, and my business partner, Aaron, and I are with Innovation Media Enterprises. If you, too, would like to learn more about the wonderful world of podcasting and how it can help you and why do I promote all these shows? Well, it's because, well, when you have cool people that you work with, you want to share their successes because, you know, all ships rise with the tide. And on that note, everyone, I think that wraps it up for another episode of The Mic is Listening. I will see you next week. Next week.